your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Solom. All right, welcome to a Monday of Lacrosse Talk PM, 608-785-7914. should sing it every time. The guy just said it to you. If you want to get in here, nobody, no guests today, so feel free to give me a call. What do you want to talk about? I've got a bunch of things kind of just on on the list here, and we'll see what sticks and what's boring. None of it's boring. It's all amazing. Uh, but uh, first of all, <laughs> talk about this for like three three days just real quickly. Never really got in too deep about any of it. Uh, even with Dr. Tregoski on Friday, who's not like a sci-fi buff. So he's like, eh, I'm not into this. But the Dune movie came out Thursday, last week, Thursday. And I'm a pretty big sci-fi fan. I haven't read the books, and so I was reading about the books, which is ironic. I don't want to read the books, but I will read about the books. And I, I just wanted to see, where does Dune rank on on uh, doing a sci-fi movie, uh, the book was written in 1965. I think there's multiple books now. Uh, apparently, the books cover over 30,000 years. <laughs> so if you can imagine, how does that even work? How does that even work? So they uh, they've, they've tried in over the over time coming out with these movies. And HBO just put out the newest version of Dune, essentially a desert planet with sandworms and uh, the the desert contains essentially a drug, a drug or the gasoline it takes to travel across the universe. However you want to put it. It's kind of both, but, uh, so it's this, it's it's this series of books that encompass 30,000 years, right? So how would you make that one movie? Well, they tried in 1984 and made one movie and it apparently was pretty terrible though. I've watched it and I, I thought it was okay. Uh, they did a mini series, which is on YouTube. Don't tell anyone, but I think it's illegally on YouTube. I tried to start watching that, but just couldn't get into it. And now they've made and they and and at some point in time they tried to make they tried to make a, the movie and it never got past production because I think it was over fourteen hours long, which makes a lot of sense because it's a book that covers thirty thousand years or a series of books. Um, and so watch, I watched the movie this weekend and I'll say it was, it was pretty okay. It's no star Wars. It's not supposed to be either. Uh, but it, 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 it didn't end. It was a, it was a two-parter. I went in fresh like George Costanza's dad, Frank from Seinfeld. Got to go in fresh. Don't tell me anything. So I went in totally fresh. Didn't know a single thing about the movie, except that I've already seen the old movie. And uh, figured out at the end that it didn't end. It was definitely a two-parter. And then I learned that they haven't even, you know, they haven't even approved the second part of the movie. So this thing could just end <laughs> with a with sort of a cliffhanger. I will say the movie uh, very much like the 1984 movie in some regards, if you've seen 1984 Dune. And in other regards, uh, the graphics, essentially, the cinematography. Uh, way better because it's 2021, not 1984. So everything looks so much cooler. It looks really cool. Uh, the story, I don't know. I should read the books and really, then I really could have an opinion on it. But if you got an opinion on Dune, where does it rank in your sci-fi movie ranking? 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. I know everybody loves Dune. I'm fascinated by sci-fi movies. I can't help it. Uh, I think one time I was uh, I was talking... Uh, politics about something and somebody called in and 
and asked me about one of the Star Trek series spinoffs that I hadn't seen. And I think we we went the rest of the show talking about Star Trek. So I'm I'm all I'm all for it. Um, a couple other things going on. I think Mike had Dr. Aaron Engel on this morning. If you want to listen to that interview, it's at wisdomnews.com slash podcasts. And if you go there, I want to see. I should I should look to make sure he put it up before I before I advertise it. Yep, there it is. And and he left this survey in here, the Lacrosse School District survey, which I wonder if it's online. I didn't. I saw it in here, and then yeah, it's it's it looks like it's on it's online as well. Feedback2000.com. But I think you, I don't think any just anyone can go fill out the survey. This thing has a survey code, so uh, I don't think it, you can just go fill out the survey. But I think uh, one of the things, and we've talked to Dr. Aaron Engel, the school superintendent with the Cross School District, about um, consolidating, having just one high school. And, uh, man, we we did a show on just Central changing its mascot name, and people were upset with that. Well, what about just getting rid of Central altogether or Logan altogether? It seems ludicrous that you wouldn't have that history, that, that rivalry anymore. It is just kind of a cool thing to have, but... If there's if if it means you know saving the district a lot of money, moving into one building, um, it might be more kids per class. But I'm not even sure that that's that's the case. Uh, it might just be you might just have to get over it. But you really it w- really probably would bug a lot of people that grew up here and and really enjoyed you know going to battle. For the what is it the axe in football and and just you know playing each other in basketball twice a year do they play twice a year no maybe they don't play twice a year I'm thinking like home away I'm thinking like NFL um, yeah that whole rivalry would be gone I grew up in Hortonville I went to Hortonville High School I don't have a rivalry like that we clearly not clearly but we had you know the next town over New London that was our that was kind of a rival, but they weren't even in our conference when I was in high school. I can't even remember. We didn't really even have a rival, but we we were in the situation too where it's kind of out in the rural rural Wisconsin, and nobody was all that close. New London was the, our closest rival, but they weren't even they. We didn't play them unless it was non-conference. So it's kind of weird. Like the closest school to us wasn't in our conference. Um, so every team that we played, every high school that we played was over a half hour drive. And sometimes I think what Watoma was in our conference and that was a good, well over an hour to drive to, uh, to play them. So none of these schools, there was no rivalry cause they weren't even close to us. Um, but, but obviously you don't have that here in lacrosse and, but getting rid of your crosstown rival, your intra city rival is, it would be kind of sad but there's still all the other schools around here. I think maybe it would be, it might be a good thing for lacrosse to consolidate and just, it, it wouldn't be an, it wouldn't not be a bad thing about that for a double negative. But uh, yeah, to, to just have one high school, you still, I would say that you still are going to have an, you're going to have a rivalry with Onalaska, Holman, all those schools that are, are right here. Cross doesn't have to travel very far. You guys are so lucky. You don't have to travel very far for some of these conference games. Covering sports in Winona, uh, the Winona Senior High School had this dilemma too. None of the schools were close. All the schools close to Winona are are rural communities, right? So like Rushford-Peterson, all these schools are really small. They had to go to Rochester to play those two two or three schools. I know Mayo, John Marshall, is there another one? I know there's a private school, but they're they're not in the conference. And then 
you know, Austin was one of another school, Mankato East and West, like way out, like, like two hour drive. So Winona didn't have any of these rivalries either. But Winona also didn't play Cotter High School, the private school in town. They never played each other in anything except tennis. And maybe they competed at the same time during track and cross country. But they never got, they didn't have this rivalry, which was, you know, really disappointing as a sports reporter. But also because they didn't have any of these other schools just out of town to play, there was no rivalry to, to, to really write about or get into. Um, so as a reporter, I would, would, would really want Central Logan to remain the same so they could have this rivalry. But if they consolidated in one school, you know, on Alaska's on the other side of the highway, it's right there. So there's not this, there's still going to be rivalries that are relatively close, uh, easily accessible to get to, you know, if you live in La Crosse or on Alaska or Holman or West Salem or wherever. I don't, West Salem might not be in the conference anymore, but you get what, you know what I mean. Um, all right. I got a break. Brad's got to do the news. We'll be back. All right. Welcome back to the Crosstalk PM 608-785-7914. The talk and text line. If you want to get in here, you want to yell at me. Ryan, this morning, catching the end of the Democratic Voice podcast clip that we play on Mondays at the end of Hayes' show, uh, he was arguing that uh, he said it's kind of a long text. And I, I hope he at least, well, I don't know if he's listening, but I I don't want to talk behind his back, but he can look at this podcast later. I would love to hear conversations with William. So William is the Democratic Party chair of La Crosse County, William Garcia, and myself. He said he'd love to hear our conversation two years ago about how much they would blame Trump for everything that was happening during that time. Now, just like Biden, his administration, and the mainstream media uh, they say the presidency doesn't actually affect anything that's happening, and it's all COVID's fault. Always passing the buck. What the H are we teaching our kids? Okay, uh, If ever anything goes bad, blame someone or something else. So are we supposed to blame Biden or not blame Biden? I'm a little confused. Are we teaching our kids with my podcast? Is that what we're doing with William's podcast? Um, let's see here. Let's I think uh, some of the things we were talking about, so the, the podcast that we did was about the, the, the striketober, essentially, but uh, we spent a little bit of time talking about the John Deere strike, which is um, a little bit funny, peculiar funny, not <laughs> funny, but peculiar funny in that there was a couple of things going on. I think John Deere is about, I think they predicted they were going to make five to $6 billion this coming year in profit. So not just like, not just, you know, that's how much money they're bringing in. That's profit. And they offered they offered workers 5 to 6% raises, depending on what you did for a job. They gave their CEO, I believe, a 160% raise, and his salary is like $15 million or so. And when the workers went on strike, I believe they brought in some of the we'll just call them the suits, right? The white collar workers, as opposed to the blue collar workers, they brought down some of the white collar workers to do some of the blue collar jobs. And William said that 8 a.m. that morning, so the day they go to do this, they already had to call an ambulance because somebody somebody did something. I'm not exactly sure what, but somebody got hurt. Uh, White collar workers doing the blue collar jobs, which kind of points to, hey, maybe, uh, maybe those blue collar workers are a little bit more important. 
but uh some of the some of the other things too you you see is the you know when you give your ceo a 160% raise and then offer your workers a 5 to 6% raise mm, uh, it's probably not great optics and uh we're we're in this age now where we can see a lot of this stuff because the internet and social media and yeah so uh just it, it, there was well, there was one other thing too oh uh, the along the lines of the 5 to 6% raise the the workers first of all i think they're getting they're getting paid pretty okay they're getting paid i, I want to say 25 30 bucks an hour but the raise 5 to 6% raise is pathetic and they with with john deere bringing in so that they're bringing in 5 billion dollars right predicted for this year which is a little bit higher than normal thanks covid or biden so what are we doing here ryan am i thinking covid or biden um blaming covid or th- thanking Biden or thanking COVID and blaming Biden for the fact that John Deere will be able to bring in about a billion dollars more than normal, I would say normal being that they bring in 4 billion in profit, but with them bringing in about 5 billion in profit, they could raise their workers pay, raise it by, I believe it was $26 an hour. They could raise their pay, not move their pay to $26 an hour, raise Give everyone a $26 an hour bump in pay and still bring in $3 billion worth of profit. (laughs) So they could give a lot of that profit to the workers. I would say if you could incentivize this stuff, hey, whatever profit we could do, I believe the NBA contracts, the NBA, the National Basketball Association. I believe the way, I think it's the NBA, it might be the NFL, but I believe it's the NBA. The way it works is whatever revenue the the league brings in the players and the owners of the team split it around 50%. It's almost 50, 50, I think. So why don't we do that? That would, that would promote your workers, right? The players to try to, it would incentivize them to try to be better players, better stewards of the league, just, you know, better in general. Don't be a, you know, and except for Kyrie Irving. But if you, if you incentivize, the workers at John Deere, hey, we're gonna, if we bring in five billion in profit, you know, we'll do a fifty-fifty split. A fifty-fifty seems crazy, but uh, you know, half the profit, and then your salary goes up and down depending on, you know, there, the, there's going to be a minimum. I think in in the NBA, the their teams have to spend a minimum. NFL too, right? They have to hit a benchmark, a bench low mark. Uh, you have to spend at least this much money on your salary, but there is also a salary cap in these leagues. Um, we don't get into my idea of a CEO cap, but you have to spend at least this much money. So the workers, maybe their minimum wage is $20 an hour, but then everything above that depends all on on profit, right? So everything beyond what you make there is is profit. 608-785-7914 is the talking text line if you want to get in here. Caller, who's this? Eric. Hey, Eric, go ahead. Yeah, this, uh, I'm concerned about the stabbing of Sparta here. That happened on Division Street. That is on the north side of Sparta. East side is close to Highway 21. That's about seven miles from Fort McCoy. I cannot wait till the Sparta paper comes out tomorrow to see who the suspects are in this thing because it really interests me. And uh, by the way, what do you hate about capitalism anyway? Thanks a lot. All right. I don't know what the end. Something about capitalism there at the end. 
608-785-7914. So Paul texted me before I was ranting about rivalries in high school and uh, the Logan Central rivalry, and I thought it was the Axe. And I only thought that because I don't go to Logan or Central. I think I've covered one Axe game uh, when I was at uh, doing sports. But uh, it's not the Axe. It's the Ark. So thanks, Paul, for that. The Logan Central, they play for the Ark. Is it like Noah's Ark or the uh, Last Crusades, Indiana Jones Ark? Is it Last Crusades? I don't remember. Um, Bill's, Bill's texting in, if John Deere gave a raise this year because they made a billion dollars of extra money, when they go for a loss, do they take the wages back from the employees? Well, that was the thing, John, is like I got, it's a good, it's a good point. Like, right. If we incentivize the workers, your pay depends on how much profit you're bringing in. It could go up and down, hit the baseline, hey, $20. Cause I think if they're making 30 right now, but if you go, Hey, $20, and then every all the profit goes, you know, and 50-50 split seems weird because where would the other 50% go of profit? I guess to stockholders? Is that what we're doing? I don't really, you know, some of this economic stuff, I don't know. Um, but yeah, the first of all, the 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 amount they were going to get this year is about $5.5 which was more, which was more than normal, I think. But $4 billion was their normal. So... Yeah, so the the stat that they give give their their workers a twenty six dollar raise, twenty six dollar an hour raise this year would keep their profits above three billion. But if you if you want to say that their profits were about a billion more this year than last year before COVID or whatever, then their their profit would only be two billion instead of three billion. So, what if we gave all the money back to all the workers? I mean, you gave your CEO a hundred sixty percent raise. I don't know. Some of it's you know a little beyond me because I'm not an economics guy clearly, but uh, it's interesting to talk about and interesting to to just think about when we we watch CE just Google like CEO to worker wage gap it's it's gone through the roof the CEO pay and the difference between their worker pay has gone through the roof and it's probably a big the big reason why uh, you know a lot of these disparities happen so another text here Nathan. Uh, you sure know how to insult a bunch of National Guardsmen. Is that me? No, that was this morning. <laughs> so reading, reading Hayes' text. Um, Nathan, some of this money that they received is from the federal government for COVID to be passed on to the workers. Granted, you can't give it to all of them, to them all in one shot. Um, I don't know. Is the profit that John Deere's making just, is it just government COVID Biden bucks? Is Is that what it is? I don't know. Uh, the Trump checks. Uh, Kevin texts in, John Deere could just reduce the cost of their products to the consumer. Yeah, they could do that. That's a good idea. <laughs> That's kind of like what everything, uh, when you go to an NBA game, that you could use. You used to be able to get a $10 ticket and now, or a movie ticket, right? Movies were 5 bucks when I was a kid, and now they're probably 10 11 bucks. But also, I can reserve the seat and recline the seat. So are we good with movies being double the price as they were when I was a kid? Um, Because you don't have to wait in line. You can reserve the seat online, and the seats are awesome. Popcorn still. I wonder how much popcorn has gone up uh, since back in the day. All right, I'm rambling. I got to get Scott's comment. Brad, doing the news. Uh, A bunch of text to read. We'll be back. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM 608. 
785-7914 is the talking text line. Talking a little bit about everything from the lacrosse school district. Think discussing more discussion and consolidation, putting out a survey that I think you need a code. I have a code right here because there's a survey. I don't know if Hayes took it this morning, but he had Dr. Aaron Engel on. Also talking about our podcast, the Democratic Voice podcast. We make no, there's no secret as to which way our, the podcast leans with myself and Democratic Party Chair of Lacrosse County, William Garcia. Uh, if you want to listen to that, lacrossetalkpms.com, <laughs> lacrossetalkpms.com slash podcast. And they're all on there. You can hear all Hayes' interviews. Uh, my show is on there. Cooley Region Cooks is on there. Ken Cooper's Around River City Cop podcast is on there. Fact Check uh, with Bill Fian is on there. Um, and then The Democratic Voice with William Garcia. So uh, if you don't know, Bill Fian's the uh, Lacrosse County Republican Party chair. Lacrosse County, yeah, I said that right. It's always a mouthful. For some reason, it doesn't come right out of my mouth for some reason. I should stop talking. Um, all right. Ken. Ken is calling in. I think Ken wants to talk a little bit about what we were talking about before in the the John Deere strike. And this is what the podcast was about this morning. If you heard on Hayes' show or if you want to listen to it, uh, the John Deere strike, uh, workers versus CEO pay and and then profit sharing. Uh, and I got a couple of texts about that, too. But Ken, um, what about what? How is it going uh, out of the defunct Burger King on the north side? Hey, I'm, I'm still mayor over here, Rick. Uh, things are going good. Uh I don't get many complaints being on an abandoned Burger King building, so everything's going good. Yeah, I said Ken, but I meant Kent. Sorry about that. I said I. Said. Nah, that's that's okay. Ken was my dad, but he's uh, passed away. But we're all good. But yeah, you were talking about the John Deere profits and all that stuff. I, I worked at Quick Trip for quite a while um, before I retired, and you know, even Quick Trip, it, they they made a billion dollars in sales one year. But that was before all our expenditures. They they build new quick trips. They have to pay all, you know, they build new bakeries. They build all this stuff. But at the end of the year, Quick Trip posted $170 million in profits. Mm-hmm. And then they, they took 40% of that $170 million and would give it back to the 6,000 employees that worked there during the year. So it was... You know, on, in November, we went down to La Crosse Center. Everybody got a profit-sharing check for working hard all year, and I, I think that's the way it should be, you now, know. Now, was it a check or was it a quick-trip ca- check that you had to cash and you could only buy corn no, dogs no, with it? No, no, it wasn't like a quick-trip uh, debit card. They actually gave you a check. You know, some people got maybe a check for three, five grand, depending what you made an hour and, you know, for your – total profit during the year, you know, so I, I, I'm thinking more companies need to do that, too, you know, and yeah. like you said, too, a lot of the, the CEOs, you know, they're making $7 million a year, well, I think they can live on $3.5 million a year, yeah, give for some sure. of that back to the employees, you know. Three and a half, let's not get, let's not get too out of hand, four, four and a half, three and a half, just, I mean, who can live on three and a half million a year? Right, that's what I'm saying too. But I mean, Quick Trip's a good outfit to work for. Being that they do give back to their employees, and I think all, all companies should do that. Now, did you get no any? Matter di- if it's now, you know, you- Metallics out on Brace Prairie or wherever, if they're making two million in profit, take a half a million and give it back to the 200 employees. Yeah, for sure. You know, 
it would be it's kind of interesting too the you know and is not really a conundrum and you get into you with but uh the, you know you you talked about depending on what their wage was that they got it like was dependent on how much they got back from the profit sharing check you almost you almost want to give the people with the lowest wages more in the profit sharing check because their salaries are lower but that would be a weird weird way to go about that well, on that, too, and it was based on, you know, if you worked, went to work every day, you know, a lot of people call in a lot. Well, if you made, let's say, 30000 that year and you're getting 15% of your 30000 you know, that's three, four grand. It, you know, yeah, it just gets sure. back to the employees, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, definitely. Thanks for the call, Kent. Mm-hmm. All right, six zero eight seven eight five seven nine one four. Yeah, that's a that's a, a cool way to go about it. Somebody did text in, and number three's calling, and we'll get to you in a second. Uh, somebody did text in and said profit sharing is a scam. This time of year, companies visit accountants if the profits are looking too big. Major investments are made, profits disappear overnight. Uh, yeah, that's one way to look at it. I guess if uh, if your company's making too much money and then they just, but then they, you know, where do the where do those profits disappear? I don't know. Uh, number three, go ahead. You're on the air. You're going to shoot yourself in the foot tonight? <laughs> I'm going to make you dance. I'm going to shoot you. Yeah, I'm going to go. shoot at your feet. Well, I tell you, you're talking about quick trip. There isn't as many guys like Donnie Zitlow in the world anymore that oh. share their wealth. Oh, you think he's sharing all his wealth or what? Well, he's doing a pretty good job of it. He's up to about 30,000 employees now. Yeah, there's a, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of quick trips, <laughs> I would I say. There's a lot of quick trips. I remember the first one. Anyway, you know, you're talking about the schools going to gather. That old Taj Mahal train company, that building ain't no new one anymore either. Yeah, they, they've, we've talked about that in the past, whether they would buy that train company building and, and put, what, what would we call it, though, Central the High Taj School? Taj Mahal. I like to call it Taj Mahal. That's what the train company, the people that worked there, called it the Taj Mahal. Oh, did they? Well, the school board and that, and the principals, they could, the school board could call it their Taj Mahal. Well, it's probably bigger than, say, Central High School, right? The building's got to yeah. be bigger, right? It's a big building, but like I say, it is getting old, too. Yeah, and then you would have to update it, right? And that would probably right. cost... They found that out when they bought the bank, the county did, that they found out... The bank they bought down there, they had to stick a lot of money in that. And then they bought the old Eagles Club, and I didn't think they'd ever get done with that. So yeah. there was another, some more money stuck in an old building. So what you're saying is the school should just build a new building? Well, I think they might as well leave Logan and Central the way they are. Just leave them? Well, I feel like those need to get updated pretty soon. That's kind of why we're having this conversation. Well, that's what I mean. It's just like the fire department. Everybody wants something new. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I think... I think writing on the wall. And I think we'll have Gilliam on Thursday, so you can give him a hard time. Well, I don't want to pick on him now. I left a lot of you. He let him wait. He got that all that land up on the north side. <laughs> I don't know what they're going to do with it all, but there's sure... You ever drive up there where all those buildings are knocked down? Um, uh, I don't know if I recall. I, I mean, yeah, I've been like on the north side. Put in a football field up there. Yeah, but why Why don't you want to call and give He likes it when you call and give him a hard time. Oh, no, I shouldn't know. He don't like it. He says he does, but he don't. Well, you don't really give him a hard time either, but we're having... You You bring in a different perspective. So okay, I, I'll, I, bring it a, I'll bring in a different one. But I think they, the, what the school board wants to do, they want to send everybody a piece of paper in the mail 
So we all think we got our two cents worth in it, and they know what they want to do already. Yeah, I that's, hear you. That's my idea, and it'll come out, all right? Fair enough. Thank- all right, what you got in the holster now? <laughs> okay, thanks for the call. Uh, yeah, sometimes it seems like uh, anything that we do, crowd crowd sourcing the i don't know is crowdsourcing the right way to say that uh doing all these surveys and we get the public's opinion on on the things you can always point to you can always point to well you know, this is a town of 50,000 and only 2,000 answered the survey <laughs> so then then where are you at you can at least say you put out the survey but when it comes to you know answering to what the survey says survey says uh, you can always just say, well, not enough people answer the survey. Uh, we'll go back to the phones. Caller, who's this? Hey, this is Jim. Hey, Jim, go ahead. You're on the air. Hey, calling about on John Deere, this deal there. Um, you know, I'm a farmer, and I heard, you know, we talked about maybe, you know, they need to charge so much for the equipment or whatever. Mm-hmm. How about, like, an incentive, you know, so if you spend so much in a year, give some money back to the customer, two parts, buying equipment that way so if you you got to spend a lot to get get some get a discount at john deere huh well probably what they want you to do well i mean that would be i think yeah well john deere would love that because then they have they have your complete loyalty right yeah a loyalty program that's what i'm talking about because they really truly don't give no discounts yeah they're yeah i i uh uh, yeah, I looked at a just a lawnmower and it was like seven grand. It was like, what's going on? It, it wasn't made of gold or anything. You know, you pay for a lot of green paint from John Deere. I mean, we bought tractors from there. And actually, to be honest, the last time when I went to the dealership, the dealer couldn't tell me who the owner was, so I bought a red tractor. <laughs> there you go. All right. Thanks for the call. You bet. All right. We'll go back to the phones here. Nathan's calling in. Nathan, go ahead. Hey there, Rick. Hey. Yeah, no, um, you know, people forget that John Deere was a man that started a company, just like our the guy that started uh, Quick Trip. I can't think of his name. Don, I'm sure, like, number three was Don Zitlow. Thing, you know, and, Don Zitlow. Yeah, well, right. Well, anyway, they're close to their employees, and they, and they look out for each other, or, you know, that they get a thing rolling. And then after a while, they lose touch. The next family, the next generation, next generation. Pretty soon you don't have that connection, and people start looking at the dollars. Yeah, but uh, with with John Deere, um, years ago I lived in Waterloo, so I got a little bit of a comprehension. But they were having a strike or whatever at that time, renegotiating their contracts. It was like twenty dollars an hour for like the average, you know, that they'd start a new hire at. Mm-hmm. Well, they backed it down to twelve dollars an hour, and that was part of this part of this whole conundrum of wages and striking and that. The biggest thing I see, or the biggest fear I have for John Deere employees right now is that they could just simply, you know, since we've lost touch with the people, we just are going to build everything in, you know, China or wherever. And we have to kind of keep that in mind on the, you know, on the flip side of this. But, yeah, John Deere is a good employer, just like um, Quick Trip. And, and they, they treat their people well, and the people work good. And, and I've been always had a job with a profit sharing, and um, uh, that is a very good incentive. I mean, it doesn't keep people working for that. And I remember they took our incentive away from us the one year. And you want to talk about some long-faced, sad-eyed people because it comes at Christmas time, you know, and it's not there. Well, yeah, I so, think uh, – <laughs> was that you texting me, the the, the Christmas vacation, the, the pool Yeah, trip? exactly. <laughs> we, we lived that one year. Oh, <laughs> you know, you're kind you? of counting on a three to $5,000 bonus and 
Oh, yeah. we don't have any this year. There's no profit sharing. We have to do capital improvements with it. Well, did cousin, like, oh, so, yeah, right. <laughs> so cousin Eddie went and got the the CEO and tied him, put a big bow yeah. on. <laughs> yeah, there's a few people that thought about that, but no, it was it was kind of rough. We always had a Christmas party with our CEO. I mean, it was still a small enough company that you know people could voice their things and say, by the way, you know, this wasn't really fair to us to put in. You know, there's got to be other places. To cut, we could have bought one less piece of equipment or whatever, because people do count on that. And if they don't get it, it's, it's it hurts. Yeah, for sure. So. Thanks for the call, Nathan. You bet. All yeah. right. 608-785-7914. Let's, uh, you know, I did, <laughs> Bill did text in, uh, you're talking about profit sharing and, and what these companies do. Bill did text in, uh, John Deere should just give uh, 11% back. 11% off. Get your rebate. Check out. I have a feeling that's going to end this week, by the way, for those that save big money at that one place. Uh, I think there's an ad coming up for them in a minute. But, uh, yeah, so the, I looked at the I looked at the, the store ad, and there's one for this week, 11% off. But usually they put next week's out, and they didn't put next week's out. Maybe the 11% thing is over. Uh, it's getting close to Christmas time, right? Shopping for that. Got to get rid of that 11%. Uh, all right, 608-785-7914. We'll be back after this. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. Nobody wanted to talk Dune with me. I'm so disappointed in all of you. <laughs> Dune, not as big of a movie as Star Trek, Star Wars. So maybe I should just go with the hits. Uh, we were talking, started the show talking about the Lacrosse School District possibly consolidating into one high school. Uh, we've we talked to Dr. Aaron Engel, the superintendent, in the past about possibly buying that train building. Somebody is texting in. The school already purchased the train building. It's a done deal. We own it. This person must live in the Lacrosse School District. I didn't. I don't know if that's true, Steve. Maybe did they do some backroom backdoor deal? Backroom deal? I would say door. Um, but I don't. I don't think that that we've bought, we, uh, the lacrosse school district has bought the train building yet. Um, you know, there's how many shop codes could we just make, uh, all the, we could put all the schools in the shop codes. There's three empty shop codes, right? We haven't, we haven't created anything in any of those shop codes, right? And the Kmart, right? Um, but I did see a story last week that a Rochester shop co finally sold, I don't know if it's finally, but it's sold. I don't know how many Roch- how many Shopcos are in Rochester. It's probably two, right? If there's three in the lacrosse area, there's got to be at least two in Rochester. Um, but one of those stores, if there's more than one, sold for $8.47 million. I think the buyers put a two-point-something, two-point-three or two-point-one-three million dollar down payment on it. Um, that was the it was the South Side Shopco, so it's right next to Menards and Coles and Culvers. Uh, not a bad spot, right? Uh, right there on the south side. Although other other businesses have failed on that south side of, I feel like the north side of Rochester is a little bit more popular than the south side. If you're shopping there, uh, I know there used to be a Dick Sporting's Goods, and for some reason that went under in that area. While the you know it seems to be thriving everywhere else, but um, they're going to remodel. They're remodeling that, and they're going to turn it into a home decor superstore. I don't even know what that is. It must be a, is it a furniture store? Home decor. Um, so that's what they're, they're turning a Shopco in Rochester into. Somebody finally bought it. Uh, we'll go back to the phones. Caller, who's this? Hi, this is Jeff. Hey, Jeff, go ahead. You're on the air. Hi. Yeah. 
great idea for some of those vacant shopgoes and Kmarts and other empty businesses. We got enough homeless here. Uh, wow, we could set some people up in some of those vacant shopgo buildings as a homeless shelter. Yeah, I've seen stories like that with uh, defunct malls across the nation because even the even the mall here isn't all that great. The Winona Mall is pretty awful. Even the Rochester Mall isn't isn't that that great. When those malls get abandoned, you could turn them into homeless shelters. The problem is that somebody owns those things, so the city or whoever wanted to do that would have to buy uh, buy a Shopco for looks like eight point four seven million if you're going by the Rochester price. So you'd have to pay somebody eight point four seven million and then put homeless people there. Well, that's true, but it's better than letting them die at uh, Huska Park in the wintertime below zero, you know. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, yeah, it would be. It happened a few years ago. Yeah, definitely. Thanks for the call. I got to get out here pretty quick. But um, along those lines, Catholic Charities Warming Center is opening November 1st. So anyone that's, uh, you know, anyone that knows some homeless people or if you're listening, just so you know, that that opens up on uh, right on Third Street, November first. Uh, there's one in Wausau too that's opening same date. So they run they run two buildings out there. Um, yeah, I think that's about all I all the time I have for today. I think everybody for texting in, calling. I think I got to most of your texts. Some of them are pretty funny. The National Lampoons thing from Nathan, uh, profit sharing. Clark Griswold doesn't get his. Christmas bonus so he can't put in the pool, right? It's almost that time of year we can start watching Christmas Vacation. Almost? When can we do that? And when November hits, my dad starts playing Christmas music. I think the rule here in the, in the building is classic hits, I think, goes Christmas music on right after Thanksgiving, I think. I should know this. Classic hits turns into classic Christmas something. I can't remember. It's been too long since I thought about it. Um, anyway, yeah, I'm going to have assembly rep Steve Doyle on Wednesday and I think Ken Gilliam on Thursday, Tuesday, I'm trying to have Rebecca cook on who announced what, two weeks ago that she was running for Congress here in the third congressional district. All right. Thanks everybody for listening.